I will play every man like I do every episode and ask what these things are. <laughs> I'm the Luke Skywalker of this show. <laughs> you want to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters? I was going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's a Star Wars thing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> okay. <sighs> By the way, first, you know, uh, I drink and know things is already a t-shirt, right? Yeah, I I've one. seen people wearing it. How long? Yeah, oh, do you really? Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long before you guys start brewing the Imp's Delight? Somebody will make it, and we will buy it. Well, I figured since these guys were so good at getting on shit before it's big, like a Marvel Puzzle Quest podcast, which I thought was the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> I figured Imp's Delight was in the works right now. I figured they had Craig in the garage brewing it up. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd never drink that. <laughs> no. Have you met Craig? <laughs> <laughs> The Profane Argument is a podcast for secularists, freethinkers, agnostics, and atheists. We discuss topics that we think are relevant to non-believers. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode of the Profane Argument Podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Okay, this week we've got a few things we want to cover. We are going to get in-depth on some cryptozoology is our topic, our main topic for today. We're going to be discussing what is the most plausible of the cryptozoology... I don't even know what you call them. Topics? Things? Creatures? Creatures? Species? Species. So we'll get into that after a bit. Uh, we also have some comments about the Reason Rally that Karen and I went to. But first, I think we should talk about the Orlando shooting. The thing that everybody is talking about, at least anybody who watches or turns on the news, uh, is getting nothing but for the last several days. And uh, I just... Has everyone heard the latest? The latest things from the news? Is this about the, the wife? I heard some things about the wife. Yeah, how latest? So uh, the last things that I heard was that he had a second wife. Current wife. Right. The other information, I'm, I'm sure the people have heard that he made a 911 call during the, uh, the shooting. Uh, he stopped to make a 911 call to declare himself for ISIS. I heard he made two phone calls while he was in there. Yeah, I don't really know what the distinction was between the two. Like, I know that he... Do you know what the other call was for? What it was about? I heard it was pretty much the same thing. Originally, mm. I had heard that he made the call before he went in. And then I was started hearing that it was during the standoff, mm. which I wasn't even aware of till today that there was... It took that amount of time. Yeah, they were the, held for like three hours. Yeah, I thought mm. the police showed right up there. And everyone... Now people are like saying, are the police at fault? Because it took them two to three hours to show up. Oh, they were there. They were just, he was holding them hostage, I think. Right. Oh, so it took him two to three hours to take them down. Yeah. Right. And the other news that they are getting more and more sure of is that he was possibly homosexual himself. That he had been attending that establishment for the last three years, like multiple times every month. Uh, several of the survivors said that they, they know who he is. They'd seen him before. A couple of them said that they'd talked to him, like had drinks with him in that bar. So my question, and I have my own answer, but my, my question to you guys is, why does that matter if he was gay? It, it doesn't matter that he was gay. It is a 
possible par- partial explanation of why he did what he did, because in his religion, it was punishable by death. It was you know, a complete unforgivable sin. The gay community has a, a, a problem with self-loathing already, just because of the way they are looked down upon. But to have your religion tell you that you are, you know, bound for hell and cast out, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, had to be an enormously stressful thing for him. Not that it in any way excuses what he did, but it's a, it could have pushed him over the edge. Right. Much in the same way that, like, we see a lot of the pastors or even congressmen mm. who are so completely against homosexuals and, and, and the rights of homosexuals. Turns out that some of some of the most outspoken of them are actually homosexual, closet homosexuals, and loathe. I don't know. Maybe they loathe the people who are out because they can't be out themselves. I don't, sure. I, I don't understand the psychology there. But well, they, what, what is that expression? Uh, you hate yourself the most, or you see the faults in yourself through mm-hmm. other people. You know. Something like that. But it's like that. Who's that one evangelical pastor that, like, turned out to be have, like, the most craziest, wildest gay sex life? It's going back probably, like, damn, close to 10 years ago. Mm, I don't remember. Do you know? Do you remember who I'm talking about? I, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember a name. But, I mean, he was hardcore. He was, uh, he was like, he had, like, White House sessions with, uh, it might have been George, George W., and then all this shit came out. He had prostitutes at his house. He was doing drugs. Oh, was that Ted Haggard? Ted Haggard. That's the man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know his full story, but I definitely remember the name and and some of the controversy. Yeah, but I'm kind of with Karen on the same thing. Like the reason that it's important to know that is because it's probably a good motivation for him for what he did. Self loathing. Mm. And clearly a little touch of crazy in there, so everybody's got to go with him instead of just killing himself. This is one of those rarest uh, situations where a mass murderer did not kill himself. The police got him. So, (laughs) you know. Well, you you could call it suicide by cop. It is a thing. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that was intent. I don't know what his intention was. Was his intention to get out of it? Or was his intention to – I mean, did he actually buy into what ISIS says that, you know, if you take out the infidels, you will – redeem yourself and go to heaven so that was the biggest pile of infidels that he could find was this a way of redeeming himself in the eyes of god and it looks like during the last few weeks he also he scoped out a couple places he Mm. scoped out one of the i forget what it's called it's some sort of plaza in orlando that's like all disney shops and whatever he went there with his with his wife but then he also took his wife to to the bar pauls but and then apparently just chose that one (laughs) I didn't quite understand why he would take his wife to Pulse. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. No. No. Well, again, and I'm hearing stuff now, too, that they're saying that the wife might have known and that she might be in trouble for what she... Yeah, right here it says, what charges could the shooter's wife face? Yeah, I mean, if she knew and didn't say anything, I don't know what her obligation is. It seems that it would be to tell. I mean, it's actually, he was... Even he wasn't terribly unstable, but he was a little unstable. Um, the first wife said he was a little manic. Not, you know, not super manic, but a little bit manic. And so he had these mood swings. Mm-hmm. So, but with this, am I wrong in believing that current spouses can't be compelled to testify against their spouse? They can't be compelled to testify. Does this fall I, under that? I don't know. Yeah, I, I believe it would fall under it. But the last I heard was that she was she was being interviewed by the FBI and that she was cooperating. She had counsel in the room, but she was giving giving them information. So, I mean, that's that's good. Hopefully they'll come out with more information than not. It looks like he was on his own, 
that he was not recruited by ISIS, that he was not part of a larger group. So these are all good things. Right. But it does come back in the, I mean, one of the reasons we talk, are talking about it is because without the teaching, the fundamental teachings in Islam, it probably wouldn't have happened. Now, if he would have been raised a Christian, the fundamental teachings of Christianity are right there as well. But there's nothing that says, well, it's, you know, homosexual acts are called an abomination. So I don't know. Would he have snapped anyway? Would he have snapped without Islam? Yes, but I don't know if it would have been to this extent. I mean, if you're willing to take it that far without any, I mean, like, as like I said, or like you said, as far as we know now, he was not actually recruited by ISIS. He took this on his own. Right. So that's a little crazy. That's a little nutty that you're willing to do that, that you're willing to take that many lives. So there was obviously something wrong with him. I don't know. And again, with the Islam added to it, that probably amped it up a little bit. But who knows what he would have done. But it was something, something was going to happen. Right. It might not have just been the fundamental Islamic thinking, but the fact that ISIS exists and their videos exist and that spur just kicked everything over the edge. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, like the guy who went in there and shot up that, that Planned Parenthood, the No More Babies guys. Right. Hey, come on. If that wasn't that, you know something else was going to happen. Right. It's clearly with that guy. We've all seen his picture. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was just uh, the convenient excuse. Somebody on television told him it was okay to do it, so he did it. Yeah, that's just the thing that he latched onto. Right. All in all, a, a horribly depressing and, and disheartening thing. But it's got everyone talking. You've got the mm. LGBT stuff. You've got mm. the gun argument. You've got the religious argument. It is uh, that it's just a hotbed of, of any argument you want to uh, post on your Facebook page with some stupid meme. <laughs> and man, I've seen a lot of them working with some of the religious right. But in any case, <laughs> mm. all right, I guess we'll move on to. So Karen and I were able to go out to the uh, to the Reason Rally on what was that, June 2nd? Sounds right. Yeah, we were able to see a lot of the speakers go to some of the tents talk to different different people that uh, were there. Uh, specifically, we, we did get to uh, meet David Silverman. He was doing some book signings, so that was uh, very cool. David Silverman, the president of American Atheist. The speakers were really good. It, it seemed like, I don't know, there was a common, there was kind of a common thread to it of mm. uniting everyone and stop everyone, you know, I'm a humanist and I'm a free thinker and, and nobody knows what all these little terms are. But David Silverman specifically had a big speech about everyone calling themselves atheists. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the speakers were really good. The one thing that I wanted to mention, though, so I've been in a lot of different crowds, right? I've been a concert goer for a long time, since early teenage years. I've gone to, you know, rent fairs. Everywhere you go, like 80 to 90% of the people there are just, they're rude, right? They're just... They're destructive. They leave trash. You know, any big crowd. It's just, it's awful how people act in large groups. I was so pleasantly surprised. The people who were at the Reason Rally, and I know it's the Reason Rally, so they're going to try and be reasonable. <laughs> but, man, everybody was so polite. Everybody was helpful. There was a woman who passed out from the heat. And the number of people that came to her aid instantly was mm -hmm. just astounding. Even... Most of the Christians who were there protesting the Reason Rally were friendly. They they went to hand out their stuff. They didn't force it on you. There were some. There were some outliers. Some that I think were kicked out of the main yeah. area fairly quickly. A couple guys with speakers who were, you know, 
yelling about hellfire and whatnot. But we actually... What's that? Is it fun? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we were actually approached by a few guys who wanted... They were doing a questionnaire and they were filming the, the people answering and they mm-hmm. so they approached us and asked us to be on it. And man, I really wanted to. I wanted to like you know go down and answer their questions. Part of me just I I, I really wanted to, but you had to sign a a, uh, a waiver. A waiver, yeah. And it basically said we can edit this in any way we want, mm. and you have no rights to any of it. And it was just way over the top. And I might have even gone with that because I still could have you know said what I wanted to say. And I was wearing a Profane Arguments t-shirt. <laughs> oh, even better. <laughs> you blew but, it! <laughs> but the thing that got me was when we asked, well, where are you, what are you filming this for? And he's like, oh, well, you know, we're filming it so that, you know, we can get an idea of, you know, atheist perspective. And we're like, yeah, right. So who are you working Ooh. for? Well, you know, we're going to be showing this as an event later in June. And okay, you're avoiding the question. You're, yeah. you're doing your best to not outright lie. Right. But you're really not being honest with me. So the fact that you're not being honest and you want me to sign a waiver that says you can do anything you want with my voice, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh so we, we, we opted out. But even they were they were polite about it. They were. Yeah. It it, it was a, a a very pleasant day. We had a really good time. There were tons of people there. It was hot as hell. Everybody was sitting in the shade underneath the trees. But there were interesting speakers, nice people. Um, the crazies were all around the edge. So when you left the, you know, the mall, there was, you know, the guy with the speaker talking about, you're all going to hell. He's on the edge. So that was fine. <laughs> but even the, it, the one thing that I thought was weird is that all the protesters, I think, without exception, were all handing out pamphlets and booklets about this one same movie, which I don't know what the movie is about, but I, <laughs> it was called atheistmovie.com. It was all about go to atheistmovie.com. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> don't think it's really uh, going to be an accurate representation of us. <laughs> yeah, these people with, you know, crosses around their neck saying, hey, you're an atheist, go to this atheist site. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. But it was amazing. Like I said, in all other crowds, like 80 to 90% are pretty much assholes. In this mm-hmm. case, it was 80 to 90% of just really polite people. People, I mean, they might be going out of their way to be polite because of where they are, but it was refreshing. It was. So the other, the last thing I wanted to mention about the Reason Rally was David Silverman's speech. He had a speech about proclaiming yourself an atheist. And basically he went into the definition of it saying that, do you believe in a God? Do you believe that there is a higher power? Do you believe you have knowledge about this higher power? If your answer is no, you're an atheist. He's like, I know that word has been given a lot of connotation and it sounds harsh, but the problem is the people who call themselves a humanist and the people who call themselves a secularist and a free thinker, they're all dividing the group of non-believers. And that's lessening our ability to impact government, to impact the laws that affect us day to day. And if everyone declare themselves an atheist, that we can have a higher impact when we go to congressmen and we go to the senators to impact, you know, to, to further the laws that to get rid of all of the religious dogma being forced on us. And and also to take back the word too. I mean they're trying to make atheist into a into a bad word into you know a bad meaning. It means it's a theist. You're you're not a theist. It's a very basic word that means exactly what we are and own it basically is what he was saying. So it was a very good speech. It was very passionately done. Mm. It was probably the most 
I don't know, uh, inspiring speech that was there. Bill's Knives was also pretty good. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Who else was uh, the the? Oh, uh, Lawrence Krauss gave a good speech. He's uh, very short, by the way. He is. He is very short. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Well, but he was standing up there next to Pendulette, so. Well, true. <laughs> but he is short anyway. But Pendulette was Pendulette's was interesting. Uh, it was very. It was uh, moving. He brought on a, a woman who had a performer who tried. I guess where was it? Peru. I don't know. It was um, one of those Peru's Got Talent, something like that. Yeah. And she went up there and performed and did really well. And the person, the first person apparently had got wind of who she was and asked her, do you believe in God? And she said no. So the judge then berated her for five minutes about how she should believe in God. And then it went to the next judge and the next judge berated her for five minutes about how she should believe in God. And this continued on throughout the whole judge panel. And then they dismissed her and she didn't. She couldn't participate. Not a single person critiqued her on her singing. They just yelled at her for not believing in God. Well, it is Peru. Yeah. <laughs> so he brought her up on stage and had her sing, and he sang along with her. And it was it was very cool. Yeah. In any case, it was a very good time. Good. I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, if you get a chance to be in D.C. during that time, unfortunately, they, they only do it during election years, I guess. Yeah. That's, oh, really? That's, it's not an every year thing? No. This is only the second one. They did one four years ago, and they did one this year. So, hmm. If they held rallies in the fall, I would definitely go. I don't do outdoor <laughs> events in the summer. Yeah, Sorry. it was a little brutal. <laughs> yeah. I might, uh, my uh, arms have, have uh, are still peeling. So, yeah, got a little too much sun. The Scottish skin can't take that much uh, sunlight. So, <laughs> Well, it was, it was early June. It might have been fine, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Under our main topic, under yeah. our more... Well, I thought we have a pretty good segue, don't we? I think there's a story oh, yes. from, from this weekend. Another Ian nemesis has emerged on the scene. <laughs> Wait, other than the nemesis I brought up to you last night? Oh, yes. This guy, this is, oh. this is a fresh new nemesis. Like my other new, my hundreds of nemesis, but my newer new nemesis, he's, he's probably got many other nemeses because he is clearly a horrible person and should be destroyed. But this guy was brought to, <laughs> brought to me courtesy... Of none other than Karen herself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. He, he fits He fits perfectly in between atheism and cryptozoology. Oh, smokes. <laughs> yeah, Jared, you would have... If you wouldn't have... If you... Like, I, you probably would have had nothing to say because we were all taken completely off guard by this guy. But, <laughs> man, I thought, I thought Ray had some things to say. Karen just left the room. I was like, if Jared was here, he might have fought this guy. <laughs> oh, shit. It was that bad? He was, oh, it was awesome, Jared. It was it was something special. I thought I thought <laughs> Owen meeting Gimli was exciting. This guy was the best. <laughs> the three of us were at a Comic-Con this weekend, and Karen said, Hey, there's a speaker up in panel room two. He's going to talk to you about cryptozoology. You would enjoy that. Go check it out. So I go to check it out. Well, so, we all went. I, yes. I, 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 I hurried to go eating. check it out. Everybody right. finished their meal and ran after me later. So we go to check this out. So I'll summarize this for you, Jared, in a really uh, kind of unprofessional and inaccurate way, but to give you a sense of, of what I felt. So okay. I sat down and he said, hi, I'm, we'll just call him Fred because that's his name. And I'm going to talk to you about this experience that I had where I was in uh, Aberdeen, Maryland, uh, in the marshy areas, and I saw a 
eight-foot humanoid creature that leapt 15 feet in the air and disappeared into the trees and began howling wildly, and I ran fearing for my life, and I call him the Aberdeen Wild Man. <laughs> that ended his speech about cryptozoology. He then went <laughs> okay. into a 23-minute speech about how Revelations is 100% true and how he can prove that all the prophecies of the Bible are coming true currently and how that he can prove through the word of God that, that we are going to face the battle at Armageddon very soon. And one of his key references was Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I hate this guy now a lot. <laughs> he said... I forgot about the, the Bivis Dodge stuff. Oh, yeah, my God. Oh, my God. He blamed Bivis Dodge, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice for so many things. Because now our godlike superheroes have begun forming groups and gathering in armies, just like they do in the Book of Revelations, oh to take on God. Jesus. Oh, my God. It wouldn't stop. <laughs> Someone then he said, "I'm open it for questions." Some poor schmo tried to redirect him and talk about the the Aberdeen Wild Man and Bigfoot and similar things, and he was like, "Well, let me tell you about Transfiguration and how the power of Christ can turn you into any creature that it wants." And everybody was and like, "Ah, why is this happening?" So no one in the crowd was with him. No, no, everyone oh, was okay, lost good. and sad and confused. And apparently, this I look. I've since been to his website and. Uh, this is what he does. He attends cons under the guise of being a cryptozoological author and then preaches the gospel. And you won't name this guy? Because what reason? Shouldn't people know to watch out for him? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, his name is Fred Bennett. All right. And he's uh, full of shit. Oh, my god. Does he have a Facebook page? Because I'd like to <laughs> he blast does. him if, right actually, now. As a matter of fact, if you go to Bible by Bennett. Dot com. Oh, <laughs> he's got a whole page. So you can buy his book, the why the Aberdeen Wild Man, uh, or my encounter with the Aberdeen Wild Man, I believe is what it's called. And uh, he's so got he does have a book, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Huh? Absolutely. And the book focuses on I don't know. He didn't he he didn't know how to work a laptop computer and a projector <laughs> at the same time. So we got none of his PowerPoint presentation. He said, apparently I need something called a VGA cable. Who would have thought you needed one of those? <laughs> How old was he? Uh, he was probably in his mid-40s, probably yeah. early 50s, late 60s, hard to say. No, <laughs> no he was uh, there's a lot of Fred I wasn't that close, here. but... So, that part of it really, really confused me, too. There was something just about... Part? Well, <laughs> after a couple minutes, I just started playing on my iPhone. I'm like, oh, my feet hurt. I'm just going to sit here and ignore this idiot for a while. But something about um, how Bigfoot fur was found to be bear fur, but that actually the people saw Bigfoot because God made them see Bigfoot. But if you tested the fur, it was a bear's. And I, right, because, I didn't follow it. Transfiguration. Ah. Jesus temporarily turned, or God, I don't want to blame Jesus on this one, sure. temporarily turned the bear into Bigfoot for a divine purpose. And then it transfigured back into a bear. That is why when you test the fur, it tests bear. And that oh. divine purpose is <laughs> just to fuck with you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, get it to help prevent a sequel to Batman versus Superman, apparently. Because <laughs> he said that was the excuse for many things. That is why no one has ever reported seeing a female or an immature Bigfoot. They only report <laughs> full-grown male Bigfoots because or Bigfeets. 
I don't know how <laughs> to pluralize that appropriately, but it's again because of probably because of transfiguration. Because as we know, they don't. There isn't enough habitat out there to support, you know, the numbers of Bigfoot that should be out there, and that's the same reason why no one has ever found a uh, Bigfoot carcass in the wild because either they bury their dead and they're very efficient or transfiguration from God. So it's all just a sign from God. It is. Okay. So all- I don't know what it has to do with the name Fred Bennett, uh-huh. but I've been looking up him on Facebook while you were talking, and okay. every Fred Bennett has some kind of crazy religious shit on their face page, <laughs> Facebook page, so I can't figure out which one you're talking about, so I'm giving up. But- oh, okay. Um, again, if you go to Bible by Bennett, all one word, dot com, uh, it'll probably have a link to all his Facebook stuff. And it's B-E-N-N-E-T-T, I believe. Or if you just Google Aberdeen Wildman, it will take you to his. That's how I ended up doing it, because I couldn't spell Bennett appropriately. Right. Oh, it's Bible be Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Bible by Bennett. It looks like Bible, Bible be Bennett. <laughs> oh, see, now I think I'm on the wrong one, because I'm on Bible by Bennett. Big blue block? Yeah. Yeah. The site is right, and it knows your future. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, that's the one. All right, that's the guy. Okay, good to know. Yeah. So this new nemesis of mine ruined cryptozoology for me temporarily. <laughs> I wonder how long he's been doing this, going to cons and shit and fucking uh, ruining people's afternoons. <laughs> I, I don't know. It didn't seem lucrative. I didn't have to pay him. Like, no. They just let him jibba-jabba. I mean, it was it was a decent sized con. I don't think they needed to fill the the conference rooms. Maybe he paid them. He let them. He they, they let him talk twice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why didn't after the Furnix first session they go? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe they don't listen. They just and nobody said anything. Maybe. Yeah. So maybe I'll have to reach out to the the con and tell them please stop. Never do that again. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Ian, your other nemesis name is Brock Turner. Okay. Just so you know, Brock Turner. Man, I have so many. I'm glad everybody's trying to keep track of all my nemesi because there's just so many, so numerous. Mine are all dead except for Bill Nye. He's <laughs> he's at Reason Rally. Get him. Yeah. All right. I just so, want to keep up plausible deniability here. You're not meaning he's next, right? <laughs> Mine are all dead except Bill Nye. <laughs> I'm just saying he's still alive. <laughs> Oh, that's Bro- I didn't know who Brock Turner was. That guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to remain ignorant. Okay. Uh, We're ready yes. to uh, take on the cryptozoology species I- again. I don't know what to call them individually. Creatures. Cryptids. And they are called cryptids. Cryptids. Yeah. Oh. Is the official term for cryptozoological entities. We have made a list, and I believe there are currently nine on our list. As we're going through. If anything, if anybody comes up with another one, a better one, something we should throw on, feel free to throw it out. But right now, we have the Thunderbirds, the Mothman, Loch Ness Monster, the Jersey Devil, Skunk Ape, Bigfoot, Mermaids, Jackalope, and Chupacabra. Now, some of these, most of these I've heard of, some of these I know a little bit about, and some I know absolutely nothing. So, why don't we run through them in order and give them a little bit of a definition, and what we're going to be going for is we're going to be weeding them out and determining, what did we say, the most plausible? We did We did yeah. settle on plausible. That's why we left out some that, you know, I consider extremely plausible because they're not as exciting as the ones that made our list. I mean, for our <laughs> listeners, a little background. I am a very enthusiastic 
amateur cryptozoologist. Amateur in that, in my opinion, cryptozoology involves a good deal of actual zoology, and I lack a degree in anything, uh, you know, biology, zoology, anything like that. I, I really feel that cryptozoology is just a slightly different methodology on legitimate, what would be considered legitimate zoology and biology. Uh, they just tend to focus on undiscovered biological entities or things that have been thought to be extinct, things that shouldn't appear in the environment that people have claimed to see them. And, you know, they work to further investigate those claims. You know, I don't think it's quite as ridiculous as when it gets grouped in with other things that, again, I don't necessarily say are ridiculous, but they tends to get grouped in with ghosts, aliens, anything uh, mythological or, or supernatural. And then, you know, it just becomes silly. And I don't think it is quite as silly as its reputation. I would agree. I mean, the, the, the duckbill platypus was on the list at one point before they actually found one and brought it back to Europe. Sure. The What are the, the monitor lizards, the giant oh, ones yeah, that are on the Komodo dragons? Komodo dragons. They were on the list for sure. the longest time. So there are, there are plenty of examples of things that people didn't think were real, but are real. Now, I think as we explore the world... And, you know, peek into all the little corners and dark corners, We it's le less likely that we'll find new creatures that we have not yet identified, but doesn't mean they don't exist. Right. And a lot of these, and so even some of that are on our list, are surprisingly new. Mm. Like, these are not all necessarily from, like, folklore that's, you know, been passed down and things got, uh, you know, as we discussed them, some of them are well within our lifetimes. Oh, yeah. Are you suggesting we're old? No, no, not <laughs> we're suggesting we're not that old. I'm suggesting that, that some of these came about, you know, the earliest reported sightings are as early as, as like, 95. Right, and like, as, far as, as far as sightings go, uh, one of them that I put on, there were sightings uh, last year. Actually, last right. year was oh, yeah, the no, highest I'm sure there are number continued of sightings. sightings. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And I, I think that's true with Bigfoot and other things. But, I mean, like you said, you've just mentioned the list. But, I, you know, I know that the first reported sightings of, you know, a lot of these are ancient the right. first report exciting is to say Chupacabra, like 95 in Puerto Rico. Sure, mm. sure, sure. So I consider I consider that a, a very new cryptid on the list. Right. All right. I don't know who's going to define each one. I know that uh, Karen had a couple, and I know which ones I'm going for. So let's start with, I just, in the random list that I put up here, the Thunderbirds. This is something I had actually never heard of. So mm. what can you tell me about them? All right. So the Thunderbird is a North American legend, uh, cryptid. Uh, it is a very, very large bird. Four to five meters was the uh, supposed size first reported in 1890, last reported in 2007. The general consensus is is that it was probably uh, the very large uh, vulture that they get out in the Western think, United or States. The, or the, the, the giant condor. condor. Yeah, Giant condor. I, yep. I agree that that is very plausible. Ray, have yep. you ever heard of a rock? R-O-C. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Same thing. Thunderbirds and rocks are essentially, you know, European slash American versions of, of the same cryptid. Okay. There is uh, some history of it being a more of a, a dinosaur type creature, but that seems to be more fringy. It's mo yeah. mostly it's just a really freaking big bird. Yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the idea that it's a pterodon type creature is mm. less popular yes. than, than, a, a, than a feathered creature. Okay. So next on the list, I actually did a little bit of research just today so that I wouldn't sound like an idiot while talking about them. <laughs> All I really remember was the Richard Gere movie, The Mothman <laughs> Prophecies. 
I'm with you on that. That's all I know. Uh, so the Mothman. So what I understand is that the Mothman was reportedly seen in the West Virginia area for about a year, maybe a little over a year, 1960 to 1967, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and that the Mothman was a prophetical creature that when it appeared, it would basically be an omen for bad things happening, and that the bridge collapsed, and I can't find the bridge, but the, the silver bridge, when it collapsed... That was the last time anyone reported seeing him. And that's the only part of the movie I remember. <laughs> the bridge is the bridge. <laughs> yeah. So I, did, I, I had to refresh my, my memory of this movie a little bit because the absolute only thing I could remember was laughing hysterically during one of the probably one of the more intense parts of the movie. <laughs> so it's when the Mothman like calls him on the phone because that's what they do. And... <laughs> The Mothman's like, you know, I know all about you. I know who, you know, he knows his name and he's speaking in this weird voice. He knows his name and he knows what's going on. And he, so Richard Gere takes off his watch, shoves it in his shoe, throws it under the bed and is like, where's my watch? And the Mothman tells him, in your shoe, under the bed. And this is over the phone, remember? Right. And then the next thing that happened was Richard Gere sticks his hand in a drawer and says, what is in my hand? And the creature says, chapstick. <laughs> and I just busted out laughing, ruining the movie for everyone around me. But I could, for for weeks afterward, I would just menace people by saying, chapstick. <laughs> uh, because it was supposed to be all creepy and everything, and to me it was just hilarious. So, uh, in any case, that's all I know about the Mothman. Does anybody have anything else? There's a, there's a statue of him in Point Pleasant. They have a festival for him. Ooh. So, the Mothman, he doesn't kill anybody, he he just shows up when something bad's about to happen. He is a bad omen, essentially. He chases cars a lot. (laughs) All right. Oh, my God. Does he look like a moth? Um, Yes. He's got gigantic red eyes that glow. He's got huge wings instead of arms. He's got a generally human-shaped body. All right. Yeah, Uh, No relation to the Slender Man, right? No. (laughs) No. Not at all. Slender Man is not qualified for this list, nor do I think he is... Related to the Mothman. All right. So the big thing that everybody said was the glowing red eyes, right? Yes. Yeah, and so in the movie, he tells a couple people like bad, what bad things are going to happen, but is incredibly vague, and then those things for happen. <laughs> but, of course, it was so vague. Well, it wasn't really that vague. Like, in the movie, it says 99 people will die, and a plane crashes, and 99 people are aboard. So, but in any case, that has nothing to do on actual, nothing to do with actual fact, like the rest of the Mothman story. That's just the, <laughs> the movie. The movie exaggerated the story from what I remember. But okay, there you go. So there's the Mothman. So next on my list, I'm going to go with the other one I put up was uh, the Loch Ness Monster. I think everybody has heard about the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, I don't remember when, third grade, fourth grade, I heard about it the first time and immediately, like, found all the books in the library and... Tried to read everything that I could because a Scottish dinosaur was just incredible. (laughs) Probably has the second most popular cryptozoic picture ever taken. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And this was the one that I mentioned that just of last year, the number of sightings, which was five, but the number of sightings, that's the highest number of sightings that have been reported in years. So this (laughs) is still something that people 
people go to Loch Ness, people look for this creature, and apparently it supports like a 25 to 30 million pound revenue for the area. Yeah, no doubt. No so, doubt. Cause it's, I think I just saw something last week that someone had a new photo of it. Yes. Nessie, Nessie, is, a, Nessie is, a, is a giant among cryptids and absolutely uh, the king of the uh, sea and lake monsters. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many that are not on this list that, you know, because they're the same thing, essentially. Everybody believes that there is some sort of Jurassic-style sauropod that still lives in a large body of water somewhere. Loch Ness just happens to be the most famous. I mean, uh, you know, there's, uh, I can't remember the lake. There's a Canadian lake that has one. There's There's Champ. Champ is somewhere, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, in, uh, Lake Champlain, Hmm. um, I believe. Right, Loch Ness is just a, it's a large body of water. It's extremely deep, so they don't have, and it's, it's kind of murky in there, so they, they can't do a whole lot of, uh. You know, a lot of underwater searching. Sure, sure. The Congo has a uh, Makola Babembe, uh, which is the same thing, except according to the accounts there, it's, it lives in a river near there. There's another slightly larger version of, and essentially the way they describe it, it it's, you know, someone saw a really, someone saw an elephant or a hippopotamus and got scared and ran away. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty, they, they describe it as like, like a, a giant gray slick skinned i'm like i'm still you're i'm on you i i'm, I'm with you it's, it's definitely uh not not a uh not a dinosaur but all right so yeah i love i love Loch Ness monster i like the pictures that the people produce by it you know a lot none of which have been really solidly you know proven or disproven i know that the famous one about the Loch Ness monster i have been told by you know a variety of books that i've acquired and and sources that that picture is actually of a uh, a Scottish nobleman that owned an elephant, and the elephant was bathing in the loch, and that is its trunk. Hmm. Oh, I heard a completely different story. <clears throat> something about it being like a toy boat with something on it or something like that, and that someone's – the grandson of the guy who took the photo actually told him that his grandfather told him it was bullshit. Oh. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But right. on a side note – I cannot look at that picture without instantly having the theme song from In Search Of going out through my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is instant. <laughs> nice. Someone at the yeah. uh, icon we were just at had a, had a DVD of every In Search Of. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, I almost got it. Yeah, you should have. I'm jealous. Except it was probably going to be, you know, the crappiest quality ever. So Yeah, probably well, would not. I'll tell you, I think if you're interested in watching that show again... There's this button on all your devices that you have, your smart devices, called Crackle. Oh. <laughs> Probably never go to it. I believe Crackle has all the in-search-ofs on there. <laughs> no way! Yeah, because I, I went to it, and I was going to watch them, and I was like, man, this shit is so out of date, but <laughs> man, does it bring me back to being a small kid. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally going to do that. I didn't know there was anything on Crackle other than Seinfeld and uh, Sports Jeopardy. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Oh, no, I know I found in, it yeah. somewhere. Nope, I'll look at it when I get home. Right, Absolutely. Let's, let's try and make some progress here. Jersey right. Devil, we're only part way through the list. We've got to annihilate these people. Uh, oh, my God, yeah, let's move. Jersey Devil. Right. Jersey Devil, don't take that one. I grew up in southeastern Pennsylvania, and I'd always heard about the Jersey Devil. I never really knew what it was supposed to be. It's just to keep you um, out of Jersey. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think there's something to that, because there's a part of New Jersey called the Pine Barrens, and there are people that live in the Pine Barrens that 
kind of are separate from the rest of New Jersey? I mean, New Jersey, a lot of it is outskirts of big cities. It's New York, Philadelphia, and then there's the whole coastal part of New Jersey. But in the middle, there's all these trees, hicks, a lot of it's pine trees and hicks. And it's New Jersey Hicks. And I think they are very, they like to keep other people out. And I think maybe the Jersey Devil unsuccessful attempt to keep people out. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be some like, part horse. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's essentially like a, a patchwork, yeah. you know, devil, essentially. It had bat wings. It had a vaguely human shape. It had a, like a horse face. And horse hoofs. Yeah. yeah. But, but isn't the story <laughs> that it's a child or something? Yeah, there was a, there was a, a, it was the 13th child of some woman that turned into an animal after it was born. There's a, you know, a a folklore piece of it as well, but it goes back to at least 1909. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Jersey Devil. We got it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's good times. All right. Next on the list, Skunk Ape. I have nothing on this one. Lump He's Bigfoot. Yeah. Lump him. Okay. I was going to. But Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Skunk Ape, Yeti, Abominable Snowman, Sasquatch. They are all the same creature, different environments. He's just like, he's like Champ is to Loch Ness. Yeah. Okay. Skunk Ape is, is particularly, he's in Florida. Yep. Okay. He's, so an, he's the Everglades Bigfoot. Floridian Bigfoot. All right. So yep. I'm yes. going to strike him out and we're going to leave him in with. <laughs> he's retired Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He is. <laughs> so Bigfoot, do we need to say anything? Do we think everybody knows about Bigfoot? Oh my goodness. I hope so. He's <laughs> a, I play poker a, with he, him every Thursday. Yeah. He's, 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 the, he's the king. Our monster trucks named after him. Everybody's heard of Bigfoot, right? Mermaids, yeah, mer people, absolutely. Everybody knows them. Yeah, they are biologically the most ridiculous creatures on this list, <laughs> <laughs> and I hate them. <laughs> half people, half fish. Is it always the back? Yeah. The back end is fish. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's always fish tail, human, human front. Unless you're making a Why joke. Why couldn't the bottom part been human and the top part been fish? <laughs> 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 a man mer. <Yeah. laughs> uh, okay, jackalope. I don't remember the details. What is uh, the story it, behind? I mean, I know what a jackalope, but what is the oh, story behind? You know, it, it's again, it it has some European folklore origins. We were discussing before the uh, the Wolpertanger and the uh, Rowrackle are the <laughs> German Austrian like old school versions of a rabbit with antlers. And you know, it was that's really what it was until someone. Until a bored taxidermist made one, and then it became, like, the symbol for all things ridiculous. Mm. I mean, we'll get back to uh, the, the plausibility of that at some point. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, then, last on the list, Chupacabra. Uh, again, Uh-oh. this is something that I am extremely vaguely familiar with. Apparently, it's well, it's, 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 it's a goat sucker. It's a relative new kid on the block. Like, it is it is the, the goat sucker. It is, I mean, it's... This one is tougher because its description outside of its original sightings has is pretty, you know, fluid and inconsistent. Mm. So that makes it, uh, you know, harder to pin down. But in the middle 90s, there was 99 or 95, 96, right up through 99. There was a whole bunch of alleged Chupacabra sightings down in Puerto Rico. And that's when he, you know, he got he started to really gain momentum from there. And it was uh, allegedly... Some it was like a uh, I guess kind of it, it had kind of feline features mixed with coyote features, but it would allegedly uh, like it was like a vampiric coyote panther that would suck the blood out of herds of of goats, and they were having they were finding dead uh, exsanguinated goats down in Puerto Rico, and the chupacabra was born. 
And then, you know, once he got popular, everybody had their own version of the Chupacabra, and it's, he's kind of gotten polluted since then. But uh, mm. Isn't uh, every couple of years they find some hairless dead animal and say it was do. a Chupacabra? They, every, I've seen several videos on the internet of Border Patrol and other people filming it, and I'm telling you, it's a coyote with mange. Yeah. And they're like, that's a Chupacabra. And I'm like, uh, I want it to be a Chupacabra, but it's not. <laughs> Well, the image that's on the the you know, Wikipedia page looks more like a, a, a gray alien than anything else. Yeah, they're, they're like I said, it, it's loose. Yeah. If you if we're talking the the one that that was menacing Puerto Rican goat farmers for the good part of the nineties, uh, then then that's you know one thing, and you know now it, they blame cattle mutilations on it, all sorts of other ridiculous things. So it's it's it, it takes a lot to describe the chupacabra. I would uh, recommend slapping it into your google or getting a book just because there's so many instances but uh the one i'm focusing on specifically was was the original uh goat sucker okay so there you go so right off Mm -hmm. what do we think i think i think i already Uh, know the answer to this but what do we think is the least plausible the most mothman strange thing mothman mothman i hate mothman he doesn't belong on the list he's not encrypted in my opinion i can't I don't understand. He's purposeless. Is by again biologically, he's the second most ridiculous thing on this list. And uh, <laughs> mermaids being the first. Oh, I hate mermaids. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I would put the Jersey Devil as the yeah uh, the Jersey Devil biologically right. Did the, I put the Jersey Devil in with the Chupacabra though. Yeah, yeah. The Jersey Devil. I mean, the Jersey Devil is he's a classic and he just goes way back. But I'm with Karen. He's he's so many things just piecemealed together. I'm pretty mm. sure he is just, you know, a story to keep people out of the Pine Barrens so that they can bootleg in privacy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I do I do have to agree with Ian. Mothman doesn't really fit with all of these. Yeah, he's definitely the one of the things that's not like the other. Yeah, he's got way mm. more mystical features and Yeah. You know. What actually has red glowing eyes? I mean that you're 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 beyond normal biology here. Well anything right. yeah. I mean if you shine the light, you know, a strong right, light. Right, at especially night. if it's yeah, <laughs> especially if it's sure. nocturnal or if it's albino. Then you mm. get that red glowing eye effect. But it only shows up when something bad's going to happen. So where is it? Is it like just in right. ether somewhere? Right. They're not, they're not, yeah, we're not suggesting that it's a, that there are, you know, colonies of moth men and, uh, <laughs> you know, juvenile oh, good, mothlings. That's a good point. I mean, these are supposed to be, you know, creatures that we just haven't discovered yet. Sure. So a moth, an individual moth man is not a species. Right. 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 Yeah. So, so it is more of a mythical figure. So I'll I would, I would, I would script. I would put him and the Jersey Devil both in the. Well, I'm not so sure about. That. I'm going to move Mothman, but I'm not sure about okay. the Jersey Devil, and here's why: the Jersey Devil, the original. I thought the original story was that this was a child, and that the child was condemned because it was the thirteenth, and we've already discussed the number thirteen, and mm. how it's unlucky. So I thought this was supposed to be an actual human child with deformities and that the, all of the strange, it has hooves and bat wings and all that, is kind of like in the Game of Thrones talking about the imp, about how he's oh, all right. deformed and everything. But it's, sure. you know, the story's I mean, got even, blown out. Even more of a, a reason to strike it, because then it's, it's not a cryptid at all. It's a person. A person is a person, no matter how deformed. Hmm. Oh, see, I had heard the story was like, this woman lived out in the Pine Barrens and was like barely holding together with 12 children, had the 13th, couldn't handle it, made a deal with the devil to get rid of it somehow for her. And he took it and turned it into this fucking misshapen demon. And then it like went around the Pine Barrens and killed everybody. So, it, I mean, I guess it wasn't human anymore. Mm. But it is, again, a singular creature, I think. That's true. 
I mean, listen, I hate the fucking Jersey Devil because I hate everything <laughs> about Jersey. So, <laughs> Cape May is very nice. You should go there sometime. I hear it's in things. Jersey. Sorry, I like Atlantic City. I won't lie. Uh, like I understand that it's uh, Atlantic City, but still, <laughs> it's got a it's got a warm place in my heart. Yeah. If you lived on the West Coast, would you still love Atlantic City, or Who, would me? you be like, yeah, or would you uh, be like, I oh, don't Vegas. know. I don't know. My experiences on the West Coast have been really bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're off topic. Jersey yeah. Devil, get it out. Get it out. Yeah. All right. I think it's singular. I, I'm. I'm. I don't have a good argument. So it is. It is off the list. Loch Ness, Thunderbirds, Bigfoot, mermaids. Up oh, mermaids. Mermaids. We're, mm. Yeah, I gotta say mermaids. So too. one because of what you said about the biological aspect, oh, fish and so human. Silly. It's just. It's just so silly. So there is the. What is the plausibility of the actual existence? Like you. I think I think this might have been in discussion before we started recording. The fact that the mermaids were thought to be human fish, crossbreed or not crossbreed, but half and half, but that they actually might have been based on the manatee. Right. I mean, does that give it any sun... credibility? No. 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 no you got to take, it... take it for what it is. It's a half man, half fish. Right. And I, I think that helps to uh, you know disprove its existence. I mean, you know, the way the light reflects off the water. Sailors at sea, you know, hungry and malnourished and and lonely and sexually frustrated. The stuff that you see out there, easily you could mistake a distant manatee for a, hey, I think that was a chick. (laughs) But I did see it. Scurvy will do some weird things to your head, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I can can see mermaids being, merfolk of all kind being not plausible. Agreed. I mean, yeah, you you could you can crossbreed animals, but you're talking about a chimera at this point, and that's just no. Right, we're, we're way out there. Yeah, yeah I got to go with Loch Ness after this one. Really? You really? think so? Hmm. Here's the thing. Hit, hit me. <laughs> out of all the things that are left, right? To yeah. me, the least plausible is a gigantic prehistoric animal <laughs> that's still alive to this day that nobody can track down. All right, I have a proposal. I think we should take a jackalope off because I think. For a different reason. I think a jackalope, I mean, we've all seen um, humans can suddenly spout, sprout weird horns on their heads um, made up of, you know, fingernail material. You, there are creatures that have horns. It is not inconceivable that a rabbit at some point sprouted a horn-like substance out of its head and it just went from there. Nobody right. claims to see them anymore. Right. So I think a jackalope with narrower field. Well, if you're saying just because nobody claims to see them anymore, but... I, I would, I'm just taking these things as they're all real, sort of, and which one is the least real. Right. So, well, so you're saying it's not real in that it's not the likeliness that it is a consistent species is not real. The fact that it could have been a one shot biological anomaly, you think, is yeah. very likely? Yes. Well, I take it, I, for me, I take it as like I just walked into a room and I don't know what any of these things are. And someone says to me, okay, I'm going to tell you some things. You tell me which ones you think are actually true. And I'd be like, am I more likely to believe that there's a rabbit out there with a with antlers or a gigantic sea monster living in a, in a lock? Well, we do know that dinosaurs actually existed. Yes. <laughs> well, right. that's true. But, but I also would say like this thing has been around somehow evading people for 68 million years. Right. Or that there's got to be more than one in there for them to somehow breed and stay alive. Right. And I, I think that that is a possibility. I think... Again, where it is being spotted makes it less of a possibility because the elusiveness shouldn't be as high as it is. Like, mm. again, I, as we had discussed perhaps before the show, maybe should have been on the show, that, you know, for years, 
you know, for centuries, the Kraken was a myth. And then we were like, wait a minute, giant squids are totally real. But those live, you know, in, in the deepest, deepest parts of the ocean. And their elusiveness is not at all surprising. A lake. Man, come on. It's a lake. Right. It's a really, really big lake. Right. But, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to make an argument that the jackalope is actually less plausible, possibly based on reality, kind of the same way the, the merfolk is of the manatee, but as a actual species, I think is less likely that we have a an, a rabbit with antlers. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you guys can fight me on this. This is how this this works. But I'm telling you, I have I can believe in more of a rabbit with antlers than I can of the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, you show me some prehistoric animals you know, that don't exist anymore and be like, holy shit, that thing had horns, something like that, or there was giant alligators. I'm like, fuck yeah, a, a little rabbit with antlers? I believe it. Yeah, again, here's the other problem. <laughs> here's the problem I have with the jackalope, at least the descriptions that I have seen. The antlers are not proportional. Right. They yeah. are like deer size or like yeah. pronghorn antelope sized. If they were proportional with the creature, I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't know what that evolutionary adaptation is giving that jackrabbit an advantage with horns <laughs> but uh you know absolutely more plausible than many things but the sheer size of the antlers makes it seem not plausible to me and i'm happy to strike the jackalope from the list ah, i'm losing on jackalope so, i'm right. gonna i'm gonna compromise and here's my compromise i'm gonna strike jackalope off the list however i'm gonna add to your argument that loch ness there was a sighting found by a submarine doing a, I believe it was a sonic scan, a sonar image of mm. the bottom portions of the lake. So there, I mean, then this was active trying to find Loch Ness. And they found an image that they went, holy crap, this thing is big. It looks like what everybody thinks Loch Ness looks like. What is this? And it was determined. And this is from an article that was published April 2016. This was a couple months ago. What they found was a 30-foot-long model of Loch Ness from the film <laughs> The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes that was dropped in the lake and forgotten about in 1970. <laughs> Holy shit, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. <laughs> so, good, on, good on them. If they could find that. Right. Right. I, 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 the argument that, you know, in the deepest, darkest oceans, there could be a creature that is a throwback sure. to dinosaurs. I believe that. I think no that doubt. is a possibility. Yeah, alligators and crocodiles made it just fine. Yeah, and they lived before the dinosaurs. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, and we just saw a giant one on a golf course a couple weeks that ago. That thing was in. That was amazing. That thing yeah. was enormous. Yeah. Oh, the, the possibility that those things exist, I'm, I'm willing to buy that. That they list exist in lakes, I find it makes not it less plausible. likely. Yeah, the same thing with yeah. with its brethren, the especially the ones. Again, not to sound overly, I don't know racist or ignorant but when i am getting accounts of s someone having spotted a a lake creature some sort of sauropod dinosaur throwback i'm a little more intrigued or willing to investigate you know one that has been corroborated by so many people at loch ness or some that have been if if a remote tribe in the congo says they think they saw something <laughs> in, the, in the lake i'm like sure yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely, Macola Babembe. <laughs> when it's supporting a a economy, a local economy, eh, I'm a little more skeptical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely the myth has outgrown the plausibility of a Loch Ness monster. 
But uh well, in that case, I mean, like we said, Loch Ness is generating 25 to 30 million pound a year for that area. Yeah. So, if you're talking about somebody bringing up a mythical creature to support them financially, I don't know. That's pretty big. I think yeah. Loch Ness might fall under that. Oh, right, right. And I, and I agree. I mean, if for financial gain, I mean, and it would still be number two in my opinion. I mean, there's there's definitely uh, Bigfoot shows on the television today. People take other people out on squatch, squatch hunting all the time. I, uh... <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're down to our we haven't touched on the Thunderbirds for a while. Are we saying that the Thunderbirds are more plausible? They are. I mean, I think what they're more misconstrued. Yeah, they're they mistaken. I agree. I, uh, I'm more likely to buy a giant bird, though. Sure. I, I feel like a Thunderbird would most likely. I mean, at this point in what appears to be, you know, the natural uh, evolution of things, I feel like the size of the prey that would be necessary. Mm. Uh, for to sustain a, a bird with that size frame just doesn't exist. And they, you know, again, would have definitely have been spotted. So the fact, I, I, I believe they could have existed. I don't believe they still exist. Yeah, in, in the, the, the write-up of it, there was a, oh, where was it? Somebody did find a, a skeleton of a really, really big bird that, and, oh, a fossil record, sorry. There was a fossil of a really, really big bird that ha- existed around the same time as early early human, humans. So the possibility of a really large bird that existed at the same time as humans, yes, possible. But does it still exist? No, probably not. Yeah, I agree that it does not exist. The well, wait, can we assume that we assume that none of them exist? <laughs> I feel like a large number of these probably do not exist. I'm saying Thunderbirds, for me, as of right now, is the most likely to have a, have existed. Agreed. I find it more plausible than Loch Ness. Mm. I find it more plausible than Bigfoot. <laughs> the same here. But uh, so is, wait a minute. Where do we land on Loch Ness? <laughs> uh, I would say it's tough because Chupacabra is still up there. And let me tell you, I uh, you know, and my uh, you know, entertaining T-shirts will will speak to this. I love me some Chupacabra. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am probably Chupacabra is like number five fan worldwide. I think that your love of these things is clouding your judgment. I agree. On That's why I think Chupacabra <laughs> yeah. should not be on the list. I think if you want to get me moved to the Jackalope portion of the list. No, I think, that's way believed. What? Over Loch Ness? Yeah, Loch Ness, Loch Ness retains the mystery of mm. deep sea and ocean exploration. But and you find it more plausible than the Chupacabra. Yeah, Chupacabra is silly. That exists purely on blood? Nothing God, that am large. I the only one on this fucking Loch Ness shit? Yeah, you are. Well, anything that exists, you know, that would purely to exsanguinate its prey would need to be much smaller than what the Chupacabra is purported to be. So I'm, I'll admit to being biased. One... Uh, my ancestry is Scottish. Two, Loch Ness was my mm-hmm. first exposure to this. So, Well, okay, but you guys are putting in too much emotion to this. I'm talking hard <laughs> bullshit <laughs> facts on this now. What right, is we- more believable? A giant fucking sea monster that no one can fucking capture or catch or a small little chupacabra that runs around sucking blood it's at it. It's not that small. How big is a chupacabra? Dog-sized. Uh, yeah, yeah dog-sized. dog-sized. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a dog-sized you know, mammal could sustain itself purely on blood. Oh no. my god, you're all... I'm out of this. <laughs> this Loch Ness shit is pissing me off. 
<laughs> well, hold on. Let's talk about Bigfoot. I have an interesting uh, thought about Bigfoot. So the skunk ape, Bigfoot, abominable snowman, all the various sure. different bumbles. There's bumbles. Bumbles. They bounce. Bumbles. Oh. Bumbles bounce. Right. There are mytho- mythos about a creature that is very similar all over the world. Right. Which I've, which is interesting. But the, are they all just bears? I don't think there are, are there bears in, I think there are bears in South, in Florida. Yeah. They got black bears down there. So are there bears in every place that Bigfoots show up? Yeah, sure. I was just okay. thinking that you said that. That's why there is no, you know, African myth surrounding Bigfoot because there are no mm. bears in Africa. Okay. So the, the hypothesis is that it's always a bear for, that for some reason is walking upright. Sure. That okay. has reared up for some reason. And in the person's panic, they saw what they wanted to see. Okay. I can mm. accept that. For all the reasons we discussed, except for the transubstantiation uh, <laughs> that my nemesis mentioned when he was discussing the wild Say man his name, of Aberdeen. Fred Bennett. Fred Bennett. <laughs> so are, does that mean we are actually striking Bigfoot off the list next? Yeah, I say give him the boot. Mm. No, what are you? Oh, my God. <laughs> What's that? All right. I just want to throw this out here right now. Right. For the, for the last five that we got, from most plausible to least plausible. Yeah. For me, yeah. it's got to be Thunderbirds number one, sure. most plausible. I agree. Chupacabra next, Bigfoot <laughs> Loch Ness. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I th- the mysteries of the deep, Jared. You just <laughs> listen, <laughs> Ian. If if you're telling me to pick my favorite, Loch Ness is at the I'm top, not baby. You to pick your favorite. I'm telling you. <laughs> I know, but I, the that... mysteries of the deep bullshit. It's no. a fucking lake. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. If you ask an experienced oceanographer like Jacques Cousteau or Jeff Corwin, they would tell you that the likeliness of Loch Ness or a similar prehistoric evolutionary sauropod type creature is more likely than uh, to exist than Bigfoot. So I remember in some story back that there was a theoretical passage from Loch Ness to the ocean. Yes, I've heard that as well. Yeah, so that would make it to me more plausible. I mean, let's say that it's a, a creature that prefers the deep, but that it has to go there to spawn or to feed or to something like that. Or it just prefers fresh water over salt water. Okay. So, it, you know, it spends time in the ocean and it spends time in Loch Ness. Sure. Do we know how deep the loch is? Very, very deep, like a mile deep. Oh, yeah. really? Cousteau I didn't think took it was the, that yeah. deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. enormous. Cousteau took the Calypso through there in yeah. an attempt to disprove this, and he was unable to disprove this because it was so deep. Well, it's hard to disprove something. Right. right well, again, absolutely. You guys yeah. outvote me, yeah, outvote me. But I'm telling you, I don't, I'm not buying this Loch Ness shit. <laughs> I think of, of the of the four we have remaining, I would rank them Thunderbirds most plausible. Then and it's tough because my like Jared said, I'm, I'm clouded. But I would say I would say Chupacabra number two, Loch Ness number three, Bigfoot number four. Well, we only need to pick one winner. Oh, Thunderbirds. Yeah, yeah I think Thunderbirds is the Thunderbirds winner. are taking it. <laughs> The only argument I have against, only, only argument I have against Thunderbirds is that have you any of you ever spent any time around bird watchers as a a hobbyist? No, these are the uh, most intense hobbyists I've ever ever witnessed. Oh my god! So th- this is my only argument against Thunderbirds, in that bird watchers are really crazy about th- their their hobby. They will go to great lengths. They will go to places you would not imagine going to look at birds and to. Not to, not to photograph them necessarily. They'll take a picture if they can, but they won't take a picture if it's going to make enough noise to disturb the bird. I mean, they're that bonkers right. about bird watching. So the idea that this giant bird has existed and that no 
bird watcher has seen it or photographed it. Mm. Oh, I like thought the we Loch Ness had... monster. <laughs> right. I, I thought we had agreed that the that the Thunderbird slash rock had uh, existed, but has since become extinct in in times before the modern Perfect. photograph. Sure. All right. I'm on board with that. Yeah, now, I don't yeah, know absolutely. where that would. I mean, in the fossil record, maybe there's something that would possibly apply to the Thunderbirds. So isn't this where the Native American, the different poles, as you see, with the large bird on top, isn't that related yep. to the Thunderbirds as well? Sure. Some of it. Yeah, some of it. Some are, of it, is, absolutely. Yeah. So possibly we're talking about, like, maybe the largest eagle that ever existed. Right. Or like we were saying, the giant Andean condors yeah. are, right. uh, you know, they have a pretty fantastic wingspan. So something, you know, a step up from there, which mm. has since, uh, you know couldn't sustain itself right. and has now well, become extinct. When you look at the California condor, they were down to, what, 11 individuals at one point? Right. And they brought them back. But they are enormous birds, way bigger than you think they are. Right. So. All right. So here's where we're at. Mothman we struck right away. Jersey Devil, Mermaid, Jackalope. I think we're putting Bigfoot in the fourth place position. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to leave numbers two and three tied. Mm-hmm. Loch Ness right. and Chupacabra. We're going to leave those tied and say that the Thunderbirds is definitely the most plausible of the cryptid list that we have. Are we- I am I'm- shocked that the Loch Ness is not farther down that <laughs> list. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm okay leaving Loch Ness uh, Nessie at that position be- with the possibility that it is something that actually lives in the ocean. That makes that comforts me. <laughs> that, that comforts me as well. And I'm I'm with you. Like I only put it slightly above Bigfoot in my opinion because it like the Bigfoot. You know, has so many other, you know, there's so many lake monsters, there's so many river monsters that are, you know, purported to be very similar to that, that I would have to say it is some, you know, sort of other indigenous creature that is just being misrepresented by all these different cultures. Except that there's not an easy one. Like, bear was an easy answer for Bigfoot, and I'm willing to accept that it's some sort of bear in, you know, 100% of the cases where it's been spotted. Mm. But, you know, there's such a, a range in uh, environments for the lake monsters. Again, but because I, I, I know I personally look out into a lake and I spot monsters constantly. Constantly. <laughs> even when there's not even a possibility of a lake monster. Every, uh, you know, semi-submerged log, every, uh, you know, weird ripple, you know, could be a lake monster. So, so there's just ne- too much doubt, you know, in the water for me to, to, to knock Nessie too far down on the list. Now that we have the list complete, Ian, yes, and Thunderbirds is the clear winner, which I'm okay, I'm okay with that, yeah, right, because that would have been my number one. What is your favorite one, or the one that you mm-hmm. want to exist the most? Oh, Chupacabra by far. Really? <laughs> oh my god! Some sort. Why? Yeah. He's Why amazing. that one? Because he it, one the uh, exsanguination totally fascinates me. The idea that it could consume enough of what it needs purely from blood. The fact that it's so new, the fact that it, uh, you know, was first spotted, uh, you know, within my lifetime really adds a lot to it. Like the other <laughs> ones, you know, a lot of the big hitters are just legends to me. You know, they're, they are, you know, no better than, than dragons or unicorns. Uh, Boy, in my I'm opinion. shocked, man. I uh, mean, b- believe it or not, the one I would want the most is Loch Ness. And I hated it. And I wanted it down on the list. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I have, you know, no evidence, but enough. There's enough you know, I can I can cast enough shade and enough doubt on Loch Ness that I can't totally. I only could rule it out because there's no evidence to support it. 
no, no, I meant like, what's your favorite? Just based on oh, yeah, chupacabras. He sees them. It's the way to go. Those goat suckers are are what it's all about. I mean, <laughs> those goat suckers are what it's all about. Yeah, and I mean, if you're talking about you know again what I what I had defined as cryptozoology, then then mm-hmm. I would have to say definitely the chupacabra. You know, I I think there can be solid hypotheses made about that. Accounts can be taken, research can be done, and, you know, hopefully we can come up with a satisfying conclusion here other than just, you know, hearsay. But, you know, the, these things, they don't, you know, they're not going to get other than than through, uh, you know, just the general enthusiasm uh, about these creatures. You know, you, these aren't things you can get funding to go research. So, they're, you know, they're just going to remain, you know, the mysteries that, that some of them are hmm. because there's, you know, there's no credence, there's no legitimacy, uh, you know, with it. So, yeah, if we're talking pure what I consider cryptozoology, I would say chupacabra. If we're talking crazy mythological beasts, man, there's the long list that I would be way into before the chupacabra. <laughs> Boy, I'm torn. Loch Ness and Bigfoot are like neck and neck for me, the ones I want to exist the most. I'm fascinated with Bigfoot. Bigfoot used yeah. to scare the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> me too. And I've, I've, I've spent, he, you know, he gets the most coverage. So I, I, I feel like I've got the most information about Bigfoot. And I just, for reasons that, that we had definitely discussed, in the show, they're just, it doesn't seem likely. Oh, I, no, no. I'm just talking in pure favoritism. And he fought yeah. Steve Austin. I mean, come on. <laughs> he fought the $6 million man? Bigfoot? Oh, yeah. You never saw that episode? No. <laughs> Holy shit. At the, uh, no. <laughs> at the sci-fi convention, I saw a figurine. It was a $6 million man figurine for Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, it was like eight inches tall. Wow. It was am- amazing. They wanted way too much for that toy, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you know who played Bigfoot in that episode? Lou Ferrigno? Uh, Andre the Giant. No way! Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, you gotta look this up on YouTube. I will. <laughs> I will. All right, so, real quick before we leave, is there anything that you... I know we asked when we were compiling the list, but is there anything you want to mention in the cryptozoology that we didn't cover? Or any crypto, cryptids that we missed, yeah. Oh, I mean, lots. Again, like I had I discussed with you guys, there are so many that you know, are based purely on, you know, creatures that, that don't belong in that environment that seem so plausible. Like I was taught, you know, it can be, like I said, it can be as simple as, you know, people searching for an African peacock or uh, the Queensland tiger, or there's a, an alleged, there, there were several alleged Black Panther sightings in uh, mm. what was, it was like Southwestern England. Yes. At one point. Yeah. Things like that. The, the American hyena. You know, that all falls under the umbrella of cryptozoology, and uh, boy, I mean, I find them all long, like, leaps beyond plausibility that we listed. Um, right, But I sure. think we did cover the most, you know, some of the most interesting ones. We missed uh, the stripper that goes home with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the least plausible. Yeah. <laughs> all right. On that note, I think I'm going to end it for the week. That was fantastic. Uh, if you have any comments or questions or things for, that you would like us to talk about, please go to profaneargument.com and leave a comment on the website. Uh, you can also email godless at profaneargument.com. Uh, if you'd like to check out any of our, the other shows that we have on the soon to be named network, you can do that at soon to be named network.com. You can check out shows like the prodigal sons, the prime defective puzzle warriors, three Pavicacy. Uh, the Fresher and Parlance show, and Longbox Heroes and Longbox Heroes After Dark. So, thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, I am Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. 
Thank you, everyone. Good night, and may your God go with you.